Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast by Blizzard Watch, the site. And either case, we watch Blizzard. We watch them very intently, always watching, waiting, waiting for that one moment. Sorry, uh, I've been up for a while. Hi, I'm Matt Rossi. I'm hosting the show, as I do most weeks. Um, we like to talk about Blizzard games, whether they be World of Warcraft, Overwatch, or even, you know, the death and return of Superman, which is a, still a Blizzard game. Totally is. You can look it up. Uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing Superman and Heroes of the Storm anytime soon. I, You know what? I would love it. I would absolutely love it if somehow Blizzard and DC managed to make that happen, but I doubt DC would go for it. Uh, since he spoke first, I'll just introduce him right now. Um, Editor-in-Chief of the site, Alex Zebart. Hello, Alex. Hi. Uh, I think DC actually had their own MOBA recently. I don't know if it's still running. I think no, they, they it got shut canceled. It, it got yeah. canceled real fast. And, um, and apparently they... one of the big problems they had was figuring out how to put Superman in that game. They, yeah, that was one of their problems. Which is funny because they had characters more powerful than Superman in the game and they were fine with it. It was just they couldn't figure out Superman. It was really bizarre. Uh, but that wasn't actually the problem with the game itself. That's not why the game is gone. The game is gone because the MOBA field's fairly competitive and Marvel already has its quasi-MOBA. Yeah, yeah, no, and, it's completely Superman. Superman killed the video game. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, there, there's a lot of going on with that. So uh, also with us this week... Um, our Ann Stickney. Ann, hey. Our Ann Stickney. Yep. <laughs> Not yours. It's ours. Theirs. Sorry, guys. Yes. Yeah. Hi. What's up? So much. Anything, anything going on? Anything cool? Um, In Blizzard, not so much. Out of Blizzard, I figured out that there are mods out there for Dragon Age Origins. I'm so far behind here, right? I yeah. played the whole series backwards. Anyway, so I figured out that there were mods, and I'm playing the game again for the second time through with so much stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind I of gotta went say, overboard. <laughs> I, I, I find myself, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad or what. That Glizzard has hit a lot of genres, but they really have shied away from the, like, single-player slash multiplayer RPG yeah. of that type. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think you can call Diablo that at all. Like, Diablo is very different. And maybe it's just each company playing to its strengths. Like, Blizzard knows it's not really a tremendously story-focused company. So yeah, they don't want to necessarily... Would, though. I think it'd be cool if they did something I'd like, like to that. S- I'd like to see what they try for it. Um, yeah. I've seen what BioWare would do with an MMO. And while I think it was a somewhat derivative MMO, I don't think you can say that it was a bad one. What did um, they do so, MMO-wise? Uh, Old Republic. Oh, yeah, okay. That was theirs. Uh, Blizzard, Blizzard is like, I mean, uh, yeah, Blizzard and Valve kind of both moved in the same direction, where they stopped making single-player experiences and they focused heavily on the competitive PC market. Yeah. And like WoW is almost an anomaly in what Blizzard does now, and that Blizzard's other games like we want this online PvP multiplayer component of all of our games. That's everything they're putting out these days, really. Well, yeah, Hearthstone, Overwatch. Um, and even Diablo, it's like, there's no PvP, but it's they focus very much on the seasonal ladder, like climbing to the top of the ladder. See, yeah, I, but I mean, I, I, can, I still play whole... Diablo pretty much so single player. Yeah, I love the whole single player immersive story experience kind of thing. I, I really do. Um, and I'm kind of interested. It would be interesting to see what Blizzard would do with something like that. I've where they didn't that. have to worry about balancing classes or whatever, or, or I mean, multiplayer or anything, you know what I mean? Consider that their other major single-player attempts were all outsourced to different companies and ultimately canceled. Yeah. Warcraft Adventure, outsourced and canceled. Starcraft Ghost, outsourced and canceled. It's just not something Blizzard does. Yeah. It's true. But, I mean, I think that, you know... It's funny because Diablo has been the closest they've come to it, and Diablo very much is much more about a multiplayer experience. It is. Although, honestly, when I've played Diablo, pretty much my version of Diablo multiplayer is me and my wife. And that's it. Like, I don't even like to group. Like, I've been online at the same time like as, as Alex, and I've seen him on, and I have been like, you know, I'm going to hide from Alex. I don't, I don't want to do I Diablo. Honestly, I don't play Diablo. Are you kidding me? Honestly, This I've was back when both. it first came out. I've done okay. both. Like, I've done both a single-player campaign, and I've done the multiplayer stuff. And multiplayer is okay, but I run into the same thing that happens whenever I play with another human being. I get really frustrated with them. Either yeah, they're going I too fast, that. and they aren't letting me read everything, or they're not going fast enough. 
one or the I other. Can see that. Yeah. I, and I have, I have some me... problem with grouping and games. Like, wow, like because my time, like I have so little time. When I play, I'm usually going AFK a lot because I AFK to go do something else. And if I'm grouped with some other person, I have to focus wholly on them, or else I'm bringing down their gameplay. So I'd rather just be solo so I can go at my pace. It depends for me, you know, for World of Warcraft in particular, I, I vary between like large group content and solo stuff, mainly. But part of that is because I haven't liked the dungeons for a while, not enough to actually do them. Like I, I did do some tanking of them fairly recently, just because I was bored. So I went and tanked a bunch of stuff just to refamiliarize myself with tanking. And it, it turns out, tanking in dungeons consists of, oh, I might as well just be arms. <laughs> like you know, oh, it doesn't matter. No one cares. So I, I haven't done any mythic stuff yet. I'd like to tank a mythic dungeon because people have to actually pay attention in those. Mythic is uh, fun. But we should probably move on and actually do something other than talk about this. So uh, should we do top stories or should we do emails? What do you guys think? Let's do Let's emails. Do okay. All right. Let's do emails. We didn't, we didn't do no. a lot of emails last week. That's this true. is true. So, as is always the case, if you want to submit an email to us at Blizzard Watch, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com, blizzardwatch, all one word. And uh, if we can't get to all the emails, but we do try and get a selection and we do try and answer as many different types as we can, it doesn't have to be lore. Uh, you can have non-lore questions in there. We also answer questions from Patreon. Um, and Alex, how do we how do they ask those questions? Uh, on Patreon, you can support us at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And when you go there, you can just post you can either send a message directly to the creator, who is me, and I'll receive that in my messages. Uh, I have some unread, which is my bad. but Or you can go to uh, all posts on Patreon, and you can just post something there. We'll see it. And we're happy to try and answer those as well, because Patreon is how the site is supported. It's what all the stuff that we do is from, from that. So we're more than happy to answer any questions from you guys. That's what we're here to do. Uh, first question is actually... Um, kind of long, so we'll see what happens with it. It's from Winterfell. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. A Worgen Death Knight, and Winterfell's is such. Hey, Watchers, I thought now would be an appropriate time to ask some questions about Sargeras. First off, he hardly ever appears in the games. Even in the books, he's mostly off-page. Now, is this a valid story? This is a valid storytelling choice, but how do you think it's going to continue? Do you think it's going to continue in, Le in Legion? Uh, secondly, his or his avatar's duel with Magna Aegwyn does that whole incident seem to sort of lack context? Like he just dropped out of the sky onto Northrend and fought her? All the demonic invasions we've seen so far have required tons of preparation of the ground. Case in point, the Third War. It took decades of machinations from Ner'zhul and involved subverting a, m a member of the Kirin Tor and the Crown Prince of Lordaeron just to open a, a portal large enough for the Archimonde. Shouldn't the uh, incident with Aegwyn be remembered as a whole war in the Azerothian history rather than just a duel? I feel like there's a whole trilogy on that story. And finally, do you think that his lieutenants, Kil'jaeden and Archimonde, have any realistic chances of overthrowing him? Thanks, Winterfell. Uh, I know Ian and I probably have thoughts on this. I don't know if Alex cares, but he, he's probably aware of it. So I'm going to let Ian talk first. There's actually quite a bit of background. Um, there's a story, there's a book that you can get called Aegwyn and the Dragon Hunt, and it's... Where is it at? I think uh, you can find it in the Scarlet Monastery. I want to say that it's also in the Royal Library in Stormwind. And I think it's also in the Tavern in Brill, of all places. Um, but it kind of goes over that whole conflict, what was Brill going on. Brill kind of makes sense. Huh? Brill makes sense. Yeah, it does a little bit, because it's up it's near Tears Fall Glades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically what happened was uh Aegwyn was she became aware of a bunch of demons that were attacking up in Northrend where the dragons were at, where the blue dragons were at specifically. And she went up there to go help them out, um, fought all of the demons, conquered all of the demons. And in a, she was so successful in killing all of the demons up there that she caught the attention of the avatar of Sargeras. And that's when he appeared. It wasn't just a random appearance thing. It was, Hey, you're killing all my dudes. You're in my base, killing my dudes. And I need to come take care of you right now. And she just flat out decimated him, which, you know, and then dusted off her hands and said, well, that was kind of fun. And didn't even think about the fact that, oh, yeah, this is Sargeras, leader of the Burning Legion. He's probably had some kind of plan going on that involved my killing him, you know. Um, and that's when that transfer happened. Where his soul kind of resided in her until she got pregnant 
and then it moved to Medivh. Yeah, so it basically was a, it wasn't a situation where he actually intended to invade in that form in the first place. The whole thing was a setup yeah. from beginning to end. Uh, but as as far as um, Sargeras showing up, as we do actually have one time he's shown up in the entirety of World of Warcraft, uh, and yes. that time is actually during the Wrathgate event. It's during and, the battle for the Undercity. Yeah, sorry, uh, the, the part after Wrathgate, and it's only Horde. Only Horde get to see this. If as Horde you're doing that fight and you go in up against, um, I want to say Melganus, it's not Varim Mothras. When yeah. you go up against Varimothras, Varimothras is opening portals and saying stuff like, I just need more time, Lord. The voice that you hear come out of those portals that berates him, the sound file is named Voice of Sargeras. Yep. So uh, Varimothras basically did an end run around uh, both Archimond and Kil'jaeden. He was working directly for the big man himself. Uh, so I kind of want to back just briefly i really wish we had more uh direct egwin story rather than her just being kind of a side character that kind of gets bits and pieces like i would really like a lot of egwin story she was a she's a pretty cool character yep i would not mind seeing more about her like either a short story or maybe one of their comics or something like that i'd like to see that whole incident yeah or or detailed in the book i'd like to see it now, keep in mind that Chronicle is coming out, and, and theoretically Chronicle may very well cover that. Yeah, and uh, isn't in the comics, isn't in the comics, Jaina and Egwin kind of hang out together yeah. for a yep. while? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd yeah. love to see more of that. Like, well, Jaina and Egwin in the same room. You well, can't, they, though. They got together, they got together um, in Cycle of Hatred. Which yeah, was the novel. Yeah. one of the novels. It was not a very good novel, but it brought Adrian back, so that was pretty cool. Um, and that's how she kind of took up residence and hung out with Jaina. And then she had an appearance in the second half of the Warcraft comic series run, back when all the Medan stuff was coming into play. And then actually, she's in, she's in before that though. She's fairly early because she's in the original appearance of Varian when Varian finds out he is Varian. Yeah, she's in that. Yeah, she's, she's the one there. that's like, don't. Yeah. She's but there. They, unfortunately, unfortunately, if you haven't read the comics, there's a reason you're not going to see any more Aegwyn. Yep, she's gone now. Pretty All much. Very she's well, just honestly, gone. I, w- I wouldn't mind if they just ignored some comic book stuff. Yeah, like, like just, Madame. Just ignore it. <laughs> no, I don't care if they bring Madame back. You could do good stories with him. I mean, I, you I'm can't convinced. even can you even get the comics anymore. Um, uh, I think they did a collection novel, at one point. Yeah, there's graphic novel collections. You can order them on Amazon. Mm. But it, it doesn't really... I just feel like some of that stuff could be, you know, quietly ignored. Like, you just don't really talk about it and don't worry about it and just, you know, could have Aegwyn show up again if you wanted to. It wouldn't wow. really matter. It's not... Okay, somebody named... Okay, Ian. I think it's Ian Starchild just said, want to buy Battle for Undercity time-walking scenario. Dude. They've already said they won't do that though, because no, they would. I think you... they like deleted it and would have to rebuild the whole right, thing. Right, but what if you could do time walking scenarios of like all of that old stuff that they took out, like the battle for the Undercity and the whole thing with Kelsarar and the whole thing with like Benediction and the Hunter stuff? Wouldn't that be neat? And it would be, but they're never going to do it yeah. because that stuff doesn't exist anymore. They would have to remake all of it. It just made my brain go, "Ooh, that'd be cool!" But yeah. Yeah. Finally, answer the question about whether or not Kill Jaden or Archimonde have any realistic chance of overthrowing him. They don't have to overthrow him because, as a result of his gambit with Aegwyn and his possession of Medivh, he currently isn't in his own body. We don't know where his real body is out there somewhere in the chaotic, swirling nightmare of existence. The twisting because nether. He's supposedly recovering. That's where, that's where his soul is. Yeah. But we don't know if he ever got back into his body or not. That's one of those things that they left up in the air. They said he's out there in the Twisting Nether, but he can't currently act. That's I mean, why that he was, had to work through Varimathras. That was something I was, uh, that I found really cool in Sunwell, and I hope they didn't just completely drop that story thread, thread where Kill Jaden was making it sound like he was very much in command of the Burning Legion and intended on keeping command of the Burning Legion. And he is, because at that point in time, he was the only one still active. Yeah. Like at that point, you know, they hadn't established that Archimonde could always come back. 
even if, you know, we've established that demons can come back when you kill them, but they don't seem to be able to come right back. There seems to be a certain amount of, you know, oh no, uh, I need to go go to my base and regenerate. We don't know exactly, but <laughs> yeah, I almost, it is. He's, I building, almost he's rebuilding like, his power level or whatever. He's more Vespian gas. <laughs> yeah, and I almost like the idea of Kill Jaden being in charge more and just like forget Sir Garrus because Kill Jaden's he's like he's the bad guy we know, you know. Like yeah. I'm cool with him being in charge and he's just the, kind of this recurring villain who tries and tries again. Whereas Sir Garrus, we're told he's super scary, but we don't really see him. We don't know him. I don't really care about Sir Garrus. Kill Jaden, yeah, well, that's where it's at. Yeah, so Jaden is a chump who's been beaten twice. I'm not that afraid of him. Whereas Sir Garrus has never been beaten by me, so I'd be interested in seeing what he's up to. But the fact that we're getting the tomb of Sir Garrus means that we can see stuff. Like, when Aegwin beat Sir Garrus, she put his avatar in the tomb. Now the tomb is apparently exploding with demonic evil and stuff's coming out. Why? Is the... It, is his avatar involved in that in some way? Maybe. Like, Although his what, what avatar is missing an eye. Was the eye of Sargeras from his avatar? I don't know. Or was that just an item? Like but, that's, There's a lot, there's see, a lot to explore. You, you in all think that. it was an item, but now I'm thinking that Illidan actually went in there and like popped out the eyeball of this thing. Which is that just means a there's another spot. eye in there. So. Well, I mean, spot. he was made, he had to pop out his own eyeballs. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Which is also. Well, that's, again, ugh. that was Sargeras. He's an experienced eye popper. He knows. He knows about eyes. He's very, very, yeah. Okay. We should. So we can stop talking about squishing people's eyes. Um, the next question does not have an actual person attached to it, but it's an interesting question. Is there any chance that the Doomhammer artifact that shamans are getting in Legion is not Thrall's Doomhammer, but Orgrim's Doomhammer from Draenor? No. No. That'd be boring. No. That'd be very they, dull. They. They want to move as far away from Draenor as they can get. They 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 use Draenor to get Goldon back to do evil stuff, and now it's like, hey guys, you want to come help us with? No, we're totally busy. Me and Yorel gonna work out how we're gonna fix Draenor. Grom, um, you wrecked Draenor. Yeah, I know. We're just gonna just pass. <laughs> part part, pass part of that whole working it out is a long discussion that we need to have, according to her. So Grom looks at the devastation. It's like. Uh, I'm gonna ha- go hang out at the other planet. See you guys. Catch you later. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, we, right now I I would be extremely surprised because for one thing, we never saw what happened to Orgrim's Doomhammer when he died. It wasn't on the boat laying there next to his body. Nobody picked it up. Um, it just you didn't even see him using it really. Well, to like, be fair, I, you, you didn't really see much of Orgrim at all. <laughs> Yeah, but when you did see him, he he was just holding like what looked like a nondescript hammer, compared to the incredibly elaborate hammer that Thrall had, which is it, the same hammer but the, not. The funny thing is, is uh, when I was questing through that zone, uh, there was a lot of people in general chat who thought Orgrim was Thrall. Yeah, because he's wearing because the, the armor, same armor. Yeah, he's wearing the armor that we're used to seeing Thrall wear, because that's it was that's a why you know Thrall is just weirded out why they didn't ask Thrall like when he showed up for the Frost Wolves, why they didn't ask him if he was like some sort of strange Orgrim cosplayer or something. Because, I mean, he was wearing the armor and carrying the weapon. Yeah. It was pretty blatant there. Well, plus, apparently, they, they, you know, Thrall doesn't take after his mother or his father. Nope. Because, you know, when when my family sees me and they see pictures of my, you know, my wife, when she looked at, like, my old wedding album of my parents getting married when they were in their 20s, she's like, oh, you look like your mom. Apparently, no one said that when Thrall showed up. No one looked at him and went, "You know, you look an awful lot to like Draco." To be Draca. fair, he is green. <laughs> they're very, they're very noticed to that. Yes, <laughs> think they're talking about you. Yeah, um, uh, like uh, Matt's right in that. I think they're really trying to distance themselves from Draenor. Like they're keeping that self-contained, and for the most part, I think that's fine. I think Draenor was weird, but on the other hand, there's also a few like shining star characters from like, okay, those were like the great bits of this expansion. And if we're doing the whole baby with the bathwater thing, I'm really disappointed. Like, Yurel? Like, they even set her up. Like, if you ever need help, I'm here. Like, this is the time. We need help. We need help. We, and should, if really, we, we help. should have her on speed dial, because this is kind of the sort of thing that they theoretically you know, be all in for, you know? 
love it. I would absolutely love it if, like, in patch 7.1, there's, like, a huge fight against the demons trying to push them back, and everyone's like, all hope is lost, and suddenly there's, like, a... And this portal rips open, and, like, an entire army of Draenei paladins comes running out with Yorel in the lead. Sorry, we were running a little behind. Yeah, we had to find a like a little magic box in a small. It, it's not important, <laughs> <laughs> but we're here now. <laughs> yeah, I, like you know, people like Urel. If we're getting rid of those in addition to the rest of Draenor, I'll be really disappointed because uh, there Draenei's, are a few characters that were really Draenei strong. stuff was all good. Like everything involving the Draenei was pretty good. Um, I I don't. I'm one of those people that I don't particularly want to see Grom again. Like, I'm not feeling it. I wouldn't mind seeing Durotan and Draka again, except that, again, it's just weird. At some point, someone's got to, you know, did did they ever figure out that that dude was their kid? Yeah. Like, you know? That was one I of just, the things I, that I was really looking forward to this expansion was what's that conversation going to look like between them? Are they going to figure it out? And then we just never got that conversation. We didn't even get a hint of that conversation. We just got, like... Agra, Agra told Duraton, Thrall thinks of you kind of like a father or something like that. And that's that's the closest they ever got to even mentioning it. But yeah, Grom knows now. Domehammer in chat says we need to plug Murad into a mech. We definitely need Murad as a dragoon. Yes, we do. Well, they have they have that weird mech technology where they're like souls go in after they die. Yeah, the and they get put him, put, the, pop him the, in two one shields. of those. The yeah. thing about those are great is because they have two shields. Yeah, <laughs> I just love that Draenei soul robots with two shields. It's like you know, Mirad like comes on Mirad 2.0, <laughs> bang, bang, bang. He's hitting everybody with shields. It's great. But all right, let's. Uh, I think we've pretty much established. No, it's probably not that Doomhammer. We don't know what happened to it, and we probably will never see it again. Uh, next one is from Shad. Rhymes with Chad. Uh, U.S. Hygel Belf prodded in oh, with no. amazing hair and fondness for tanking and healing gear. Of course, um, Chad's a blood elf. <laughs> Shad, not Chad. <laughs> Shaw, it's Shad. Shad. Oh God, Alex's problems with uh, Chad continue. All right, well, this one's broken up, so we're gonna actually take it piece by piece. Okay. Um, number one, Alex Zafar Sayabi began by saying that what happens will shock players who have been playing for a long time. Guaranteed, the long-time statement, if inten- intentional and not just off the cuff, seems to indicate that whatever happens is something long-time players wouldn't think Blizzard would actually do. Oh, no, we can keep going with this. Never mind. Two, he then says the artifact weapons will come from those who we have lost or who have lost hope. Uh, Doomhammer is one of those weapons. If we're wielding it in the current content, Thrall won't be, and he doesn't seem like the kind of guy to lose hope so much as to sacrifice himself to save us. Players have, compl- have complained about the uh, orc centricity beginning in 5.4, while some players have complained about the thrall love that is that accurately or not they see as embedded in every expansion. 7.0 seems to be building up to an effort in which the designers are going all out to take the game in a new direction, while also wrapping up and responding to old complaints, e.g., demon hunters, old god stuff, druid lore, etc. Uh, what say you? I believe the question is from his email. I believe the title was that th- you know thrall is going to die. And I didn't include I was, that. That's I my was bad. Gonna say, uh, uh, yeah. what say ye? Yeah, what I would yeah. say was, you could sum yes, that all up by just w, asking so. flat out, is Thrall going yeah. to die next expansion? Because that's pretty much what you're hinting at. Without. And I think we've kind of gone over this in a prior podcasts that uh, it's possible he'll die. Personally, I hope he doesn't die. I think that would be silly. I think he should just retire. He has a wife. He has kids. He knows we're all badasses. He could just be like, look, I'm entrusting the life of my family in your hands. Take Doomhammer. You can do better with it than I could. And he just goes and is a family man. Yeah. That would be to me. And like, I, would I don't okay. like Thrall, but I don't hate his existence and want him to die. Like that. I would rather he have a conclusion. Well, plus, I mean, one of the things that we – this is something I like to call the Disney problem. And we talked and about this on the, a lot. on the Lore Watch podcast, by the way. I feel like yeah. I should mention this. The latest episode of Lore Watch. We, yeah, but we the, went the, into this yeah, a bit. Did, yeah, but the Disney problem is basically that there's no happy families ever. Either the mom dies, or the dad dies, or they both die, and you you end up with orphans all the time. And in with Thrall, I would be okay getting to see Thrall and Agra walk off into the sunset. Even if it doesn't take, like, even if it's just this expansion and the next expansion he's back, 
let him have the expansion off. We almost got an, he almost got an expansion off in mists, and then he got dragged back in at the end. Let him let him you know this is not a specifically horde problem. This is an everybody problem. It doesn't have to have thrall in charge. Let let him you know, let him go spend what looks like might be the end of the world with his family. You know. Yeah, I have no problem with that. I agree completely. And I mean, like I said, at this point, the players are so. Uh, they've, I think the player characters have proved themselves over and over that they can handle these things. So I don't think it would even be necessarily be out of character for him to say the Doomhammer is better off with you. Yeah. Do you think they're going to kill a man? No. Are you kidding? Okay. No. I don't think they're ever going to kill Thrall. I think if anything, he may, like I said, well, like Alex was saying, you know, hand off the Doomhammer, say okay, it's going to be in capable hands now. You go do your thing. I'm going to go spend time with my family while I still can. See, I, I think that we have lost or we have lost hope statement. If they're going to kill anybody, it's going to be Tyrion. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because Tyrion hasn't done anything since the end of Wrath. I have lost hope in Tyrion. <laughs> Whether or not, whatever you feel about Tyrion, the guy has not taken any action since the end of Wrath. His cataclysm appearances consisted of he built a bunch of you know kicking statues of himself in the Plaguelands. He's, like, he's got at least two in there. We're hanging out here. We're going to totally fix this Plagueland thing, and we're going to ignore Anderhall completely while we do yep. it. Yeah. Thanks, so, Tyrion. That was here's great. Here's what I think going to happen. Tyrion is going to die on the Broken Shore going to the Tomb of Sargeras. When he dies, we erect a statue in his honor on the shore. And then paladins take his body back to their class hall and build a statue in his honor in the class hall. And when and then you there'll click be a parade it, a cinematic will play. <laughs> and then we build a statue in his honor in Stormwind. That's all we do, this whole expansion, is we build statues of Tyrion. And when you okay, click them, so... they play cinematics. <laughs> no one must know what happened here. No one must know what happened here, but we're just going to advertise it all over the place. <laughs> yes, but... I think it's more, far more likely Tyrion will die. Um, however, I am not 100% willing to rule out that Thrall might die. Because it would be a huge deal if he did. Um, it would really definitely irritated. set the tone. Yeah, it would definitely set a tone that this is a big deal, that this expansion is, is raising the stakes. But it would also end any story potential the character has. And the character does have story potential. Even if you're tired of him running in to save the day... And he, you know, I'll be quite frankly, I wish they hadn't used him in Mists. I straight up wish they hadn't used him. You know, yeah. the Horde had people. It didn't need Thrall to show up to try and fix the mess. It could have been, you know, he could have been like, you know, I'll do what I can for you, Vol'jin, but I'm, I can't. Well, here's, I'm not up for it. Here's the, but, here's the story beats that I think need to happen. And this is why I want Thrall to retire. Okay, because there's a legit reason for him wanting to do so. And it all ties back into Garrosh and how that whole Garrosh situation was handled. Thrall stepped down from the Horde to go be a shaman, and he put a guy in charge who then systematically ripped the Horde apart. And he had that duel in a grand, and he dealt with Garrosh, and he killed Garrosh, like flat out, straight up killed him in a duel and walked away. But those, what Garrosh said during that duel where he said, you made me what I am, and you deserted me, you abandoned me, you stuck me in this place, and you left me there, that should be weighing a heck of a lot heavier on Thrall than it's appeared to all expansion. And I want to see him wrestle with that, wrestle with the knowledge that, yeah, he didn't just mess up, he really messed up. And he messed up to the point where... This dude who didn't really deserve it died because Thrall thought he was doing the right thing, you know? And that's the impetus for saying, you know what, you take the Doomhammer, I'm not worthy. And I almost felt like uh, Thrall really started wearing on me because it felt like Cataclysm was going to be that, uh, okay, Thrall is going to go away for a while thing, you know? Because he had, you, you do this whole thing to rescue him with Agra, and he has his wedding. It's like, okay, this is Thrall's conclusion for a while. It's now this is the part where he retires. And then, like, a patch later, it missed, like, oh, Thrall's back. It's like, well, he didn't even, he never left. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, why, he, why he wasn't back? a patch later. It was it was near the end of the yeah, expansion. I mean, it was, 
it was Battlefield Barons, wasn't it? Yeah, so six point like, six point two, six point three. Like Wait, but it, it, are you talking about the mist thing? Mist. Yes. Yeah. Mist. He showed yeah, he up. Basically... He, he showed up in wasn't it five point three? Whichever no. the dagger of the dark scenario is. No, that's he showed first... five point five point one. That was the dominant offensive. It was five point one. It was the dominance offensive stuff. So it was like one patch yeah. in. So he was never actually really absent, except for like uh, the very beginning of mists. Yeah. So basically, I think the basic consensus here is that he's probably not going to die. He probably has something pretty close to plot immunity, where even if it would make sense for him to die, it's not likely that it will happen. And that kind of goes for some other characters, too. I'm not saying they absolutely won't, because if they want to shock us, these are the characters to kill. Like, I definitely think Tyrion's walking with a bullseye on him. And I, um, I'm about 40% on Varian. I don't want Varian to die, but I think he could. Especially since they've kind of groomed Anduin to the point where he could take over. Yeah. I love uh, that new model. So, it's kind of but creepy. I, I don't really like – the funny thing is I, I forget who showed a picture of it, but Anduin looks an awful lot like the prince from StarCraft. He does. I know, yep. right? It, it like, they're the same character. It's incredible. It's Manx. It, it, it's like younger Manx. And here's the thing. From... When you imagine those two, Anduin and the prince from StarCraft, don't look that different than Arthas. Nope. No. All the princes Blizzard makes are the same. Well, yeah, that's actually interesting to think of on a different different level. But Arthas actually looks an awful lot like a combination of Varian and Anduin. Yeah. He's got like Varian's big chin. But yeah, that's so basically we're we're saying I'm not gonna say Thrall's gonna die, but it wouldn't completely shock me if he did. Next question is from Velcron on the Wormrest Accord. I'm assuming I'm spelling pronouncing that correctly. If I'm not, I apologize, Velcron. Uh, dear watchers. Something I've been debating about with my friends for a while is how players work in terms of the lore. We have always been adventurers that assist heroes like Tyrion and Thrall in killing some of the biggest bads in the Warcraft universe, but when Warlords rolled around, we went given the title of Commander or General of our own garrison. And now with Legion, we will be the leaders of a separate class order halls. This brought up a lot of questions between us. Are we all, like, the Chosen One? Are we the same Commander? Do we all wield Ashbringer? Are we the leaders, or is there only one canonical leader of each class order hall? My friend is adamant that players aren't canon and are simply there to fill the shoes of specific, of specific NPCs, which I disagree with. The way I see it and the way I apply it when RPing is that the players exist in lore, but not at the same scale. There's millions of people playing, but in lore, the adventurers only number in the hundreds. Only a select few of these adventurers become commander and, and warlords, and fewer still become class leaders in Legion. You will always play as an adventurer who fulfills all these roles, but you can choose what you did in canon or not. Because if you didn't do it, then you know, there's another adventurer out there who they did. For example, my Death Knight was never a commander, only a follower out doing missions for a higher-ranking adventurer. This idea isn't really my answer to the issue, but it does help me work around it. I'd like to know your thoughts on this topic, as I think it's one that isn't discussed very often. Love the show. Thank you for reading, uh, Velcron. Anne, since you write our RP column. Um, well, beyond that, we'll talk a little bit about, because I, I worked on the Ultimate Visual Guide for um, Blizzard, and whenever I was writing up stuff, that involved like end game events and things like that. It was always the hero and a group of adventurers. An anonymous group of adventurers could be anyone, don't know who it is, helped him out. And, you know, when you read that, you fill in, oh, that was me and my buddies. We went and we did this thing. So, I mean, that's kind of how they address it when they're writing lore stuff, or that seems to be thematically what they do when they're talking about lore stuff. They never refer to you directly. Um, from a role-playing there, sorry, go ahead. Wasn't there a bit? Wasn't there a bit in uh, the Jaina novel, um, the the not war crimes, but the one before it, where you, she talks Tides to a war. group of adventurers? Yeah, yeah, Tides of War. Tides of War. She talks to a group that's supposed to be like the player characters. Yeah, there was actually um, when I interviewed Christy Golden about that book, she was really excited about that because the um, there's references in the book to things that actually happen in the scenarios the scenario that was presented in game and I really wish that they had done more to tie the two together because they didn't do that and so the context was kind of lost but it was a brilliant idea in theory um, when you read Tides of War she's talking to a group of three people 
um, and they're going off to go do something. And it's actually referring to the three people. They're never referred to by name. They're never referred to by race or anything like that. It's just these are the people from the scenario. <laughs> and it's just a it, it's like a random one off thing. So they do reference it. But again, it's that so whole sort of here is an, an, an anonymous being that is basically that adventurer role. And when you read that, you go, oh, hey, that's me and my buddies. Right. And that's that's kind mm -hmm. of how it works whenever they present lore stuff like that. They, they aren't they, they never say you specifically. They say a group of adventurers and you fill in the you part. Yeah, and, and like you, if you're role playing, you can role play whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, you if, can role play whatever the, other, the heck you want. If the other players will accept it, go wild. If you just want to be a garrison follower, that's fine. But I, I think ultimately in the quests, it's written as a single player experience. Yeah. Um, there aren't tens of millions or tens of thousands of people who have helped Fiona fix her cart. It's just one person did that and that person is you in your reality it's your friend in your friend's reality it's just in your world you are the garrison commander and you are the one doing it because that storyline was written for an individual it's a single player story yeah and generally but when you're speaking... sorry go ahead if, if you're role-playing i mean if people if multiple people want to say that they're the commander of a garrison okay there's multiple garrisons if you don't want to be a commander of a garrison when you're role-playing, okay, be a, a farmer or a lettuce or cabbage salesman. I mean, you can be whatever. And if you want to say that you killed uh, Algalon in your server, I look at you and say, do you have the Celestial Defender as a title? And you say no, and I say, well, I do. So clearly I killed Algalon and you didn't because I'm kind of a jerk. And this is why people don't like to RP with me that much. <laughs> yeah, um, as my... As rule in roleplay was to never claim I was the sole I have a title that says I was. I have a title that says me and 24 other people are the only ones who killed that guy. As far as the roleplay aspect of it goes, um, and I've written about this before, you can pick and choose which quest. I mean, there's a, there's a kind of a separation, and it's an understanding among roleplayers that there's a separation between the quests you do while you're leveling and the story that your character is living out. And you can kind of you don't want to if you try and say that your character has done all of these things. Number one, that's a ridiculous amount of information for you to keep track of. Uh, number two, that's a lot of stuff. That's just a lot of stuff in general, um, and everybody's done it. So. What people usually tend to do, and what I recommend they do, is they pick out those one or two or three, you know, half dozen quests that really affected them when they were playing them, and go, yeah, okay, so this affected how my character was thinking, and now they think this instead, or this had a really high emotional impact, or this is a point where my character had a lot of fun, that kind of thing, and, and kind of keep it separate. Because the gameplay experience is written for everybody. For people that aren't role players, for people that are role players, it's just written as kind of a generalized introduction to the story and the lore, and you're playing that person. It's a mechanic kind of thing. Role playing itself is kind of, it's more of a creative thing, and you can kind of pick and choose what you've done, what you haven't done. You can make up stuff if you want to. Doesn't yeah, matter. It's just generally nice to be polite to the people you game with, so that if yeah. they want to like do one thing and you want to do another, you can kind of accommodate each other. Yeah. I, I had to mute my mic during that because um, in chat, Rumfondle said, I wish to roleplay in Lettuce. And I, <laughs> and I deciphered my own stumble of words. So. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, the last one is from Nehru, a level 100 combat rogue on Kirin Tor. Shout out to the uh, rogue. Dear, Bliz dear Blizzard Watch podcast crew. Do you think that Blizzard should just remove the restrictions on transmog for weapons? Yes. Uh, all right, I'll just answer yes now and, <laughs> and save, save us some time. Uh, I know that if I was forced to abandon my favorite weapon, transmog, which is Combat Rogue with ZG Fists, and had no hope of being able to use it at all expansion, I would be, it would be upsetting uh, from Nehru, level 100 Combat Rogue. <laughs> I gotta say, I think the the time has come to loosen them up considerably. We know we're getting a new transmog system that's more similar to the Diablo 3 system, which still kind of limits you to some degree in terms of like what kind of weapons you can put over what. Uh, I think they should basically loosen it up, at least to the point where one of the things that drives me nuts is that, for instance, fist weapons don't go to anything. But fist weapons. Yeah, How I mean, about it feels daggers? Like daggers one -handers are just daggers, should be one -handers. and that's it. Two-handers yeah. or two-handers. Two-handers are two-handers right now. 
Okay. Right now, two-handers are two-handers. Uh, it, it, the only restriction is can your class equip it in terms of two-handers. So for warriors, if I get that staff that's basically just a priest on a stick, and okay. then I get the staff that's a fell hunter on a stick, I can transmog my two-handed swords to be a priest on a stick and a fell hunter on a stick. It's and absolutely go around hitting ridiculous people. that one-handers are restricted so yeah. tightly. One-handers one should not be restricted as they it's are. Very... A dagger should be a sword, should be a mace, should be a, you fist know... Weapon. What, uh, fist weapon. It should all, really they should all of, work across each other. It's really kind of irritating, especially when you're playing an assassination rogue, because the only viable weapon for that spec is daggers, period. That's it. Daggers. That's all you use. Daggers. That's what you look for when it drops. Daggers. And you can't transmog anything but a dagger to a dagger. So you're limited. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, Rossi's over here hitting things with a foul hunter on a stick, and I'm going, man... I mean, I might be misremembering, but fists can't become swords or anything, right? Oh, fists can only be fists. Yeah, I remember having that problem where I kept Swords... Getting... Swords, maces, and axes can go across to each other, but then that's it. For a while in uh, my yeah. rogue, I was only getting fist weapons. It's like, I can't do anything with this. And just the thought of a rogue using fist... Like, it's funny, because this person's like, I'm a rogue, I always want to use my fist weapons. Whereas I was like, I'm a rogue, I have fist weapons. I don't feel like a rogue, I feel like an idiot. I like fist no, weapons, it's... I think they're fun, but... I, I, think, I think fist weapons are great, and I would love to be able to use them on my warrior. Well, I think particularly with the fact that next expansion everybody is getting one weapon that you're going to use all expansion long that's it you get the one weapon you upgrade that weapon and yes you can transmog that weapon but again you run into the problem where it's like you get a certain type of weapon what if your artifact is a weapon that you don't like yeah if you, for instance alex had mentioned he hates maces yeah yep um, and that's insane, and it, it requires he need he needs surgery to fix this. Look, but I don't like maces a... mostly on a rogue. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's again madness, complete utter madness. But again, but it's one of those things where it's like if we're only yeah. going to get one weapon, yeah, of course we can change that weapon to look pretty. But as far as the transmog system goes, if we want to make it look like we're using a different type of weapon, shouldn't we be yeah. able to do that? You know. Especially if it's like you know, like with daggers or fists. You're limited to daggers or fists. With at least if he That's gets, a, if, if Alex gets a mace artifact, he can switch it to axes or swords, which still isn't ideal, but at least he can switch it. Mm -hmm. But if it's if it's a da if it, if a rogue gets daggers, he can only which use daggers. Which will. <laughs> yeah. And that's just if if nothing else, I agree that they should make it so daggers work with fists. But quite frankly, that all one handers should just go across the board to each other. Yeah. All two handers should just go across the board just, to each just other. Just keep it. Keep it one-handed, two-handed, whatever, and call it good. You know. The only, the only issue I really see is, like I, I think the explanation for fist weapons was you can't transmog them because they use different combat animations. Right. Like, and I mean, the right fist weapon might be designed for the right hand and not the left hand. They pretty much made them all flip they around. They fixed that though. They fixed that. Okay. Well, fixed if they that. fixed that, then. Why is this still a thing? In my opinion, in my opinion, let's. Do you remember, like, all in in Miss Pandaria? I was like, it was, I was literally. This was the only thing that Ghost Crawler and I ever talked about was transmog and how we should get like pole <laughs> yes. arms. And, and he finally one day he's like, Rossi will be happy. You're getting pole arms, and I was like, ah! <laughs> like, I literally fell to my knees, looked up at the sky, and was like, joy! Oh, for a brief moment, I enjoy life again. Okay, that's done. I'm back to myself. But <laughs> no, seriously, like when that happened, I realized. There's no good reason for this restriction. And I'll go so far to say this. I wouldn't mind if one-handers could go to two-handers. And here's why. One-hand weapons are often bigger than two-hand weapons. That's true. Often significantly bigger. Like, I remember in, like, Cataclysm and, and uh, in yeah, in Cataclysm in particular, there were two-handed weapons you got for, like, you know, PvP. The two-handed sword you got was significantly thinner and narrower than the one-handed sword you got from PvP, which looked like a boat paddle. It was so huge. Oh, no, it looked like the rudder to a boat. It looked like I could stick this thing in the water and direct my canoe with it. You know, I think I think one-handers have even, in most cases, have gotten progressively smaller as expanses have gone on. Because I remember uh, the chromatically tempered sword from Blackwing Lair was a one-hander. And it was it was pretty big. Like People were like, wow, that's a one-hander, holy cow. And then we got to Burning Crusade, and you got stuff like the one-hander off of Mother Shiraz, which was even longer and larger. 
and one-handers were nuts. And now I don't think you see a lot of one-handers as big as they used to be. It, it depends on the one-hander. There are still some yeah, crazy big there's ones. there's variance. But in general, but, I think we've gotten smaller. And if you're a blood elf female, everything is a toothpick. They are. That's so weird. That's why I can't play a blood elf female. Like, the weapons are so tiny. It's really annoying. Going from a human <laughs> female to a blood elf female? It's like, what happened? Going into the caverns of time on a blood elf female is really weird because all of a sudden your daggers are like really visible and you can see the graphics on them and they're not like these tiny little specks at the end of your hands with the unnaturally long painted fingers or anything like that. It's like they're massive and weighty and I'm like, why can't it be like that when I'm not in here? <laughs> you know? That's like if why. you look at like a gnome, look at a gnome sometime versus yeah. a blood elf using the same two-hander. Yeah. The 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 two-hander is actually larger on the gnome than a blood elf. A gnome using say Ashkandi, Ashkandi is not only much bigger than the gnome, but it's significantly bigger than it will be on the blood elf. And three fourths of it are dragging through the ground. Yep. Yes, because it's Ashkandi, and that happens for almost everybody. Yeah. Using on a Tauren sometimes, you're like Tauren could literally plow their fields by just having warriors <laughs> run just through drag them. Drag it behind them with their two handers. Just go for a walk. That's how in the fields. <laughs> that's like you know, there, there's a. I think Transmog really does need to loosen up at this point. Um, I'm not gonna sit and have the whole conversation about um, getting legendaries in there again. I'd like it, but I get that they're not gonna do it. But That's actually definitely... been kind of a point of confusion for people because um, uh, artifacts, if they're going to be legendaries, but they also said you can transmog the artifacts. Yeah, but you can uh, only transmog stuff onto them. You can't transmog you can't, from them. Yeah, you can't trans. Yeah, it... You can't take a, a. You can't take um. I don't know a dagger from Warlords of Draenor and make it look like an artifact. You could take the artifact yeah. and make it look like that dagger, but not vice versa. Yeah, and that's. Artifacts aren't legendaries either, so no. that's the whole thing. They, it's its own category. So we, that'll make for lovely confusion. We're gonna we're basically gonna have to answer that question like hundred times. Like yeah. we're gonna get it in the queue. I can't wait we're until we get more details on the transmog thing. Really, I, I yeah, want more details really, on the transmog thing. That would be the thing. I I would love it if this was another case where they could introduce it early. Yeah. Like they actually did. They actually did introduce transmog early. They introduced it. In, in the end of the Kata, yeah. Inst instead of Mist when they thought they were going to do it, I'd love for them to introduce this early. That would be nice, but, but um, it, it feels like a... What are we up to? 8? 7.0? 8.0? What expansion are we on? 7. Six. What year 7. is this? We're on 6, Legion is 7. Okay, 7.0 yeah, 7. patch. Seems like. It does. Alright, that pretty much handles emails for the week, and that leads us to top stories. Um, first top story was basically more Legion information in that uh, Brian Holinka, who's the senior PvP designer for uh, for World of Warcraft, um, talked about Legion and its PvP design when he was at the uh, North American Online Arena qualifiers this year, uh, this week. Yeah, and he so, kind of clarified. He clarified a lot of that stuff that we were kind of wondering when we were talking yeah, about uh, Legion stuff. He did. He did exactly do that. So uh, we should probably talk about that for a bit because there's quite a bit to talk about. Um, uh, does, do either of you want to talk first or do you want me just to read this stuff off? What do you want to do? There is no PvP gear in Legion. That's what I find really fascinating because I thought I heard him say that and then people were like, no, no, there's going to be PvP gear. No, there's not going to be any PvP gear, guys. It's not about yeah, the gear anymore. No resilience, PvP power, or anything like that. It's all gone. Yep. How you whether or not how yeah. you whether or not you, you, yeah sorry you go how you compete in PvP and how you level up in PvP and how your performance in PvP is affected by your specialization and the the the, the talents and things that you get um yeah. and the did they call it prestige levels I think is what they called it where you pick out the little bonus yeah it's, whatever yeah it's it's just honor until you. If you reset your honor levels, you get prestige, prestige. or something. Yeah. yeah, prestige is ranks. And basically, um, your PvP stats is is based entirely on your specialization, and your eye level will matter. So if you have, like, higher level, if you're, like, at higher eye level, but it doesn't matter in the case, it's not like the stats on it, you just get some points for having high level gear on. So it's not, it won't be as big a deal. 
You won't be running over people because your gear is better. You'll just get a little bit of power boost for it. And they talked about that in terms of tuning. Uh, one of the things I think he, this is the way he put it. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, this may be the biggest change to WoW PvP since we actually introduced arenas. And yeah. he's talking about how they, they can tune by spec. Like if a spec is underperforming, you can just straight up tune the spec rather than worry about tuning uh, the gear and how the gear interacts with the spec. Alex, anything you you want to say about it? Um, uh, for a long time, Blizzard has stood by the whole we don't want there to be a big, large difference between PvP and PvP. They want the experiences to be near identical, and they stood by that for about 10 years. And I think almost every player is like, it doesn't work. Can you <laughs> just kick work. that out the window already because it's not and, working? Like we, we want there to be differences between PvP and PvP. You can't balance them together. It just doesn't work. PvP players hated it. PvE players hated it. And it's nice to see that finally they're like, okay, yeah, we have to do it differently. We need to make these two things two separate systems so that we can balance them separately. I don't know if I'm remembering this right, and uh, hopefully one of you will be able to tell me if I am. But I think when Tom Chilton was on stage talking about it, one of the things he said was that they've been asking to do this for years. Like the PvP design team has wanted to do this for a while. Yes. Yeah. So so this is not something that they just came up with this expansion. This is something they've been working on and trying to get through for a while. So I am wondering why it didn't happen before now. Like, what, what do you guys think? Why do you think it didn't happen before now? Do you think they were just being stubborn or? Um, there probably is an element of stubbornness or just uh, like a changing of the guard almost. Like a, a lot of the, I mean, we've seen developers come and go to the uh, World of Warcraft team. And for there are developers that have been there this whole time. Like Tom Chilton has been there since pretty much the beginning. Yeah, but I the original, think the original getting, talent designer. Yeah. If, uh, was Chilton or Kaplan? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but there are also a lot of newer, younger developers. Like, Holinka is relatively new compared to people like Chilton, and I think the the newer developers have newer ideas and are maybe taking the majority and the seniority from the original crew. Yeah, it's definitely something that's... I, I think Anne told a story about someone she knew who, back in vanilla stopped playing because they changed pvp to battlegrounds yeah yeah he was just and, really irritated because it was like pvp was introduced as one thing and then when they introduced battlegrounds in the honor system all of a sudden it was about something else entirely it was like just this complete swap and he really liked what that original thing was but he didn't he didn't care for the battlegrounds thing because the battleground the way it was set up originally was if you were a raider and you went into battlegrounds you pretty much dominated <laughs> Even if you'd never done PvP in your life, just based solely on the gear. And meanwhile, the people who had been doing nothing but PvP, hanging out in South Shore Terran Mill, murdering each other, they were completely outclassed. And it had nothing to do with how good they were at playing their class. It had everything to do with the fact that they didn't raid. It wasn't what they wanted to do. It wasn't what they liked to do. And and I think um, there is a progression here. I think that this is... They're finally making this leap, but I think they've slowly, piece by piece, been trying to differentiate. Like, Vanilla, it was just, okay, everybody, it's the same rule set, completely the same, whatever. And then they're like, okay, we're going to add PvP gear, PvP stuff's going to have more stamina, because you want more stamina. In PvP. Well, plus, it, it didn't just have more stamina, they, they introduced Resil. And back yeah, in, later they introduced yeah, BC. Resilience. Resilience was BC. They, they introduced right. it in BC because... I remember this because I was like when when the vanilla was ending, I was heavy into PvP. Like I just missed the ladder. Like I was I was starting to like go up the ladder when they got rid of it. And the reason I was so heavy into PvP was I'd run a lot of dungeons with my friends and gear was always an issue because you always had to roll against your friends to get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I just I I lost out on drops several times to the tank or when I was tanked to DPS in a group. And I was like, I was so sick of it. And I was like, for PvP, if I collect honor, like if I if I get a good enough rating, I can get these weapons. And as I was doing PvP, they said, nope, from now on, it's going to be you get points and you can spend them. And I was ecstatic because then I like Mike. When if you ever go back if to the site that no longer we will name, we will no longer name, the first picture I put up on the site was of my Torin in his PvP gear, because that's what that's what he had on for gear. Yeah. 
That's yeah, what he had. When they changed was... it to points, I bought the Grand Marshal stuff because it looks so cool. And then they added transmog. They're like, oh, you can't use that stuff. I can't use <laughs> Grand Marshal armor in transmog. Screw unless you, you earned, man. Unless you earned the rank back before the ladder ended, or you earned it in random battlegrounds. Yeah. And that's either, either like, of those is like, I can't. I don't have the time anymore to put together a random battleground group of like, however many people it is, like at least ten. And get that rank again. I'm How sorry. How many genuine Grand Marshals are still playing this game that would care? Not all that many. For that matter, how many Scarab Lords are, are playing who would be upset if you How still get How many Grand Scarab Marshals were there, period? Just let me put that crap on. I bought it with points. Like, I didn't pull it out of my butt and get it for free. I did PvP, and I bought it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not arguing with you, but... <sighs> but there's a <laughs> lot of stuff like that. The PvP system has changed so many times that I, I really feel like... I might start PvPing again because I don't have to worry about putting together a suit of armor. Yep. You know what I mean? I don't have to worry about just getting destroyed the second I step in. I'll still get destroyed probably. I mean, at least I'll know it's because it's players who've been playing a long time who know how to play better than me. I mean, I still probably won't do it because I have anger issues in PvP, but uh, I know that me not doing it is a personal choice and not because I don't want to grind out all that gear. Yeah. I I really I like I like this direction. I like the direction they're taking here, and I and I like what I've heard so far about it. Um, I'm curious to see what it'll look like when we actually see it live, and it's actually you know on beta or something like that, where people are working with the PvP talents and that kind of thing. I'm, I want to see what it looks like in action, but right now I'm kind of hopeful because they're just uh, they're yeah, getting rid of all of that side junk. Well, now that they've added this, clearly they need to add in kill streaks so I can call in airstrikes. <laughs> <laughs> you should make a suggestion anyway, with someone. <laughs> we're getting close to the end, so we should really quickly mention that uh, Jeff Kaplan also talked about Overwatch this week and uh one of the things he talked about was basically how this isn't that you can't compare it to Warcraft because this is like war- the Warcraft 1 of the Overwatch universe. Yeah. This is the dawn of the setting. What they're going to do in the future basis is based entirely on how well it does now and what what we see of it. It'll it'll they'll develop more as time passes. It's a new which I think is something baby little yeah. franchise. People should keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, and I've I've already expecting... seen on the Overwatch subreddit where there's a few comments like, "Oh, here we go. They're already thinking of turning Overwatch into MMO. It's not even in beta yet. What the hell?" It's like, I don't think anybody creates a franchise without thoughts of the future. Yeah, but at the same time, they're not trying to actually put out Overwatch the MMO next year. No. They, they are focused on the game right now. And they're focused on the, – keep in mind, they've got a lot of properties right now. Mm-hmm. Some of them – like, like some of them are, you know – like, for instance, Heroes isn't really a property. It's sort of a meta property. And Hearthstone is basically just Warcraft again. But they've still got Diablo, Starcraft, Warcraft, and now Overwatch. That's four settings, and then yeah. they can they can occasionally pull in stuff like you know Lost Vikings and and Blackthorn, so they they do have quite a bit going on. They're not I I doubt seriously that there's a ten year plan at Blizzard to have Overwatch the MMO, you know when we're when we're having it beamed into our heads via the implants. I I don't <laughs> think that they've actually got that planned out yet. I I really don't. But yeah. it is interesting. You know? And um. Maybe I'm wrong here, but it always when Blizzard describes their creative process, it always feels like we're bored of thing. Should we make new thing? Yes. Here is thing. Okay, I like thing, and then they just make it. Like there's there's no it's, it's whatever they feel like doing all of a sudden. Yeah, it definitely does feel that way. But, I think uh, Heroes I basically... was kind of. That Heroes definitely that. feels like it just kept happening, doesn't it? Yeah, it was just like, kind of born of that. Was... They were like, let's make this thing happen. Heroes is always a strange thing to me because they're like, okay, we're just going to make a Dota to show off that StarCraft 2 has a map editor. And they showed off uh, Dota, Blizzard Dota, whatever the hell it was called then. I think it was Blizzard Dota. And I was just thinking, why don't they make this a full game? Like, don't they see the MOBA thing is exploding and they could make tons of money and sell skins and da 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 And then the game disappeared for a year and a half or two years. And they're like, okay, we're making it a full game. And I was like, thank you! That's oh exactly what I thought. That's what happened between one BlizzCon and the next. It was really interesting to see. <laughs> I was like, why aren't they doing this? And then they did it. So I was pretty happy. 
Alrighty, I think at this point we should wrap it up because yep. I believe we are effectively done. This means Alex once again has to do his thing explaining to you how you can support us because it is very much helpful to us when you do support us. So we Alex definitely already did it this show, but I'll do it again. If you always do it at the our, end. Our podcast and our site and everything we do, you can do so at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Uh, we have a it's not brand new anymore, but it's a fairly new list of backer benefits and all that kind of stuff. Patreon.com slash BlizzardWatch. We appreciate your support. Yes. Thank you. So that's the show. I want to thank both Alex and Anne for being here, as of course, and I thank you for listening because without you listening and without them here, this is just me talking in my office, and I do enough of that already. So thank you very much. Uh, this has been the BlizzardWatch podcast. Uh, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>